Hey, welcome to the Jerry Gherkin Show, where we get our kicks out of watching people succeed. I'm your host, Jerry Gherkin, and that time is now. A little fun fact about me, I am a self-proclaimed king of dad jokes. And my guest today, Lorenzo Melcher, is a stand-up comedian, among other things, right? Yes, yeah, that's one of the things that I've done. Uh, in the past dude you do a lot of stuff man i was i was talking to uh, our producer meredith about your life and and we'll dive into that a little bit here in a, in a few but man you got you got a lot of things going on which i love because i live by my google calendar and if i'm not smashing my google calendar then i feel like i'm not doing something you know so we only got so much time let's just crush it right yeah yeah that's one thing i get better at is actually using the calendar sometimes i uh i just i'm like oh i gotta do this thing tonight yeah, yeah, I get that. I get that too. And I and I was there and I was there and maybe some of the listeners can appreciate this. But um, once I started using the Google Calendar and then connecting it to my watch, mm. it, it was it was game changing for me because I would get these 30 minute alerts or these 15 minute alerts. And then that would be like my reminder that, oh, shit, I got to go do something. That's right. I was supposed to do that because the cool thing is, you know, our brain gets so overwhelmed if you're a busy person you know if you if you just kind of live a mundane life then you're probably not going to appreciate this but if you're a busy person like you and i uh and we we try to smash the calendar um you when you use a google calendar you you just download that information once you put it in there it's it's like for me i just i download it and so i don't even think about it truly mm-hmm. until 30 minutes before it's supposed to happen yeah because it's 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 already programmed in and it's going to happen. Now sometimes I'll be, you know, downtime or something, I'll be looking at my stuff and I'll look through my phone and I'm like, "Oh, that's right. I got that meeting on Wednesday and I got this going on." So then it kind of gives me a, a little reset. But for the most part, I mean, if if I could and we're not on visual here, but if you could look at my Google calendar, it's like like all kinds of things. But anyway, enough about me. Let's talk about you. You know, so we have a lot in common. You know, I was a, I was a college athlete wrestled for 26 years um then i started coaching coach for about 20 years uh high school wrestling mm-hmm. uh never coached at the collegiate level probably could have i just didn't it did just didn't jive with my my schedule and stuff like that but but uh it takes a special person you know to to be a, a high school coach especially in today's day and age you know years ago when i was young and coming up i'm a lot younger than you i'm assuming but um when, when uh, I was coming up, it was like uh, the coaches were the teachers, Yeah, you know, and then, and then a lot of the, the teachers weren't what the schools were after because they just got the job just because they were a teacher, but they didn't have the skill set that the people in the mainstream world maybe were more of a professional and they had more success. Maybe they were a college athlete and they came in. And so then now it kind of, the evolution is there's a lot of people that are not in the, the classrooms on a day-to-day basis that are coaching, but then that, that taxes your time because you're, you're not only working this, this other job, which is your main bread and butter, because let's be honest, you know, coaches don't get paid shit. Oh, and, and most of the time you talk to them, we do it because we really love to do it. So, yeah, and, you and love the, the kids, you, and, and we get our kicks out of watching people succeed here. So you know that that's that's the whole thing, man. That that's that's what we do. That's why we do it and have a little influence on some kids' lives and maybe change the trajectory of their life and and give them something that can be a parallel to 
I think there's a huge parallel between sports and life and how, you, how it affects your life moving forward and what you do when you raise your family, et cetera. So, um, I, and I'm sure we share the same sentiment, but yeah. So, so you got, you not only work outside the, what's what, what the Toledo, you work at the Toledo Metro parks. Yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah. A, a supervisor, uh, for two parks, uh, Pearson Metro park and Howard Marsh. I've been with the, I've been with the Metro parks for not uh, a little under two years now. Um, but but I, my whole career, I've been in the green industry. I, I worked at the University of Toledo as a groundskeeper there. Uh, before that, I worked uh, world headquarters for Dana Corporation and uh, healthcare REIT. So I've been working green industry for uh, it's probably almost 15 years now. And every, most of those years, I was coaching. Or if I wasn't coaching before I did that, I was officiating football. So I, I've been involved some sort of extracurricular after my job for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. That takes me way back, man. I did, I did 10 years at a, at a high school before I finally hung up my shoes and ste stepped away. And uh, my wife can attest to this and, and our, our kids were, were young at the time. And I look back and I don't have a lot of regrets in my life, but this is maybe one of them. If I would have a regret is that I didn't spend enough time with, with my kids growing up. Now they rode along with me and, and like were statisticians and got involved in the sport. And ironically, my oldest daughter uh, married her high school sweetheart. And the reason why she even met him was because she was a stat for wrestling. And he was, she came home one day and said, dad, I met this guy and he's like a Roman God. <laughs> I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> but he was a wrestler. And had they not had that background, I guess this is me rationalizing a little bit away that the time they spent. But getting back to it, I, I was I was leaving at 730 in the morning, going to work, and then I would cut practice in, in chunks, depending on what my work schedule was. And but long story short, I was gone from 730 a.m. till 930, 10 o'clock every day during the season. You know, because I was working and then I was coaching and then we were tournaments and travel and, and all that stuff. And then Sundays were just like reset days with then like for football, you know, I think a lot of times you guys use like Sundays for film days, don't you? Or is yeah, that Saturday? So, no, we, we do. Uh, we do Saturdays. Um, I should say they do. I coach the JV team, uh, all the offense for the JV team. So I go to the JV games, but they do film and stuff um, during that. And then Sundays, um, we, we're, on, we're on a call like this, like a, a Zoom call. And we just, you know, depending on, on what team we're playing, it could be anywhere from 15 minutes to another hour Sunday evening, you know, and sometimes a lot of times it's right at bedtime. So I got to, you know, hit pause for a minute. I say, Hey, I'll be back in about 10 minutes. I got to go tell my kids good night do the whole routine. But, but it is, it is a lot, it, especially like you said, when you have a, a, a job not associated with the school, it's hard to, not only does your job have to allow you to, to make time, for it. you know, for me for two days, I had to leave early for two weeks you know, in, in my job at some point to say, Hey, we don't, we're not doing this. And then that's the end of it, you know, but, but I've been at places where they let me coach and they let me take time off if I need it. And then obviously I couldn't do any of that stuff. If, if my wife wasn't on board too, we have two right. kids. She has to take them first. And, and, and I'm not there. I like you, we get done with practice at seven o'clock at night. I come home. Sometimes I eat dinner by myself. Sometimes she waits for me and get a, get an hour and a half. And then it's time for the kids to go to bed. So it's, it's a lot. It's, it, it could, if you're not prepared going into it or don't know what it is, especially if you're married with kids, it can, it can be a strain on. 
Yeah, and I, and I hope that there's a number of parents out there that are listening in that have kids in in high school and in extracurricular activities that can um, appreciate what we're talking about because you know we're, we're sacrificing essentially a relationship with our own family in some ways uh, to help infuse uh, positivity into your your children, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I think a lot of times people don't. Uh, that have kids that are coming through, especially in subjective sports uh, like like football and like baseball and basketball, where it's it's you know there's there's multiple kids that can be playing, and then uh, you have to choose and decide who is the best athlete to put on the field, and then you get ridiculed for that, and and then it's like you know what I I don't do this because I don't like the kids. I do this because I love the kids, and I want to see them become successful uh, citizens in our communities. And yet they, they still think that their kid is the next superstar. And then it's like, come on, I got to tell you something, you know? And so, so it's like, come on. So, yeah, I, I hope that uh, some of these uh, parents are out there listening and can, can appreciate and um, even empathize with, with the, some of the struggles that we deal with and give us a break, you know, because we're, we're there for them. And, and the reality is, is, a very large percent of them, percentage of them are not going to the big time. But what we're going to do as coaches is we're going to help them with life skills and we're going to help them basically do a lot of your job through the sport that they're participating in and help them grow uh, to be very successful. And and at least that, that was my, my take and how my passion was for, for the sport. I think, we should, uh, I don't know how we can do it, but I think it would be such a great idea if parents had to coach one of their kids in a sport. It doesn't matter what level. I think the the main the main goals are always the same. But I think if they had to coach something, any sport, at any level, they would have a better understanding of when their kids get older and have to talk, have to be coached by other coaches and how it is and what it takes. Because it is... Because I know for me, my, my son's playing flag football right now, and I, I've coached him before, but I'm not coaching him now. And it's 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 still hard to like not say stuff because I because you're still a parent, um, but it's a little easier to uh, let the coaches coach, you know, because I know what it what it feels like. Yeah. So when I was coaching wrestling, I started a bitty program. The school that I was coaching at, there was uh, we. I, I took over a program. We had six athletes on the high school team. That was it. It was a small division three school, but um, a referee said, Hey, I know you're, you're not doing, you're not coaching anywhere. He's like, Hey, can you come save this program? And I was like, all right, I'm up for the challenge. So I started the program with six kids and long story short, not patting myself on the back, but we put a lot of hard work in there. And I started a biddy program that was a feeder program for the junior high and then the high school, et cetera. And, and it really grew. But one of the things that I did, and it goes along with what you were talking about, Lorenzo, was, was I had the high school athletes come to the biddy practice intentionally so that they had to, I got somebody hanging out back here. Um, so they had, this isn't on video, so you guys don't know what the hell just happened, but my wife's Persian cat just jumped on my shoulder. Fortunately, he didn't scratch my back or else I might have yelped. But anyway, he just jumped on my back. <laughs> but, 
But the reason why I did that was exactly what you're talking about is so they had the experience of the frustration that I was having with them and trying to show them technique. And they're trying to show the same technique I was showing them to these five, six and seven year olds that could barely tie their own shoe. And, and so then they could appreciate what I was teaching them, which gave them a better understanding and maybe a little more patience when it came to uh, what I was trying to instruct them. So maybe to have those parents, um, I don't know if it's coaching their own kid would be the answer because then that might take it home a little bit and it might be a little weird, but you know, at least, at least giving some experience in coaching uh, at some level, maybe if it's a guy's basketball team, maybe have them coach the girls' basketball team or something at somewhere, something. But I, I like the idea. It, it's just, it, I know for me, like I said, it's, it's, it makes watching my kids play other sports um, I empathize, empathize with the other coaches. Like, oh, I know what they're going through. And I can even, like, lean to my wife to say, like, you know, why they do that or what's going on with there. I was like, well, let's let him take care of it. You know, it, they're having a hard time, but the coach will handle it. Yeah, yeah. Right on. Makes sense. Completely, completely uh, agree. hundred percent. So let's talk a little bit about time management because, you know, like you and I both uh, walked in those shoes that were walking, you're walking in those shoes. I, I've, I've completely stepped away, but um, it, it, you have to be intentional. I've referenced the Google calendar, um, but you have to be intentional about how do you manage and how do you juggle? Because you do more than just um, work in the Metro park and, and coach, what are some of the other things that you do besides being a father of two, you know? So I, like you said, I, I, I have a job and, uh, and I coach and, uh, I also have my own podcast that I try to fit in whenever I can. Right now we record, uh, Sunday mornings because that's pretty much the only time I have. Um, but it's, it, it takes everybody to try to, to try to get things going, to, to try to, make sure this house is, is running how it's supposed to be. So it is time management is important. We have a, the calendar we do use is just a regular calendar. We hang up on our fridge. We put all our activities on there. So everyone knows what they're doing and, and where we're going. And you know, what, what really helps for us is that both, both of our parents live in the same town that we do. So they can help. Uh, it, they're a big help. If my wife's, my wife's going to be out of town uh, next weekend. And so they got to help, you know, keep the kids a little bit later or pick them up from somewhere. So just, just be, just for us, it's fortunate, but that they're here, but if you can't, you gotta, sometimes you gotta ask for help. Don't be afraid that to ask, you know, I'm sure there's friends and, and people around that will help you, but it's, it's time management. It's, it's so important to make not even, not, not only to get your stuff done, but also to keep everybody happy. And, and yeah, there's a certain it. stress level. I think when you're not, because I'm, I'm a slave to the clock and I don't, I, I haven't worn a watch for a lot of years, but I got this Apple watch. And so now I'm wearing a watch, but my doctor actually told me not to wear a watch anymore because my blood pressure, because I was always looking at my clock. I was always looking at my watch. I was like, what time is it? Oh, we got to be somewhere. And I get a lot. I think I get that from my mom because my mom was like, if you're, if you're not 15 minutes early, you're late and like be calling us. And, and then when I met my wife, she is, the queen of one more thing. So there's always one more thing to do, one more thing to do. And they're all legitimate. I'm not, I'm not knocking her because it's always one more thing that makes sense. But in my mind, that's one more thing that could be done after we get to where we're supposed to go. So I had to retrain myself and say, okay, we got to be somewhere at noon. Well, I'm gonna tell my wife, we got to be there at 1130. So then we can maybe get there by noon. 
-hmm. So there's a certain stress level that comes into that for and type A personality that wants to be it. That's a driver that wants to be there. And she's a type P B personality that is just like, oh, hey, happy go lucky. Yeah, we get there whenever. It's okay, no worries. So I'm late. I'm like, ah, I'm freaking out because I'm 15 minutes early. You know, so it's, but it's a difference in mentality. But, but uh, yeah, definitely having that support group around, and like you said, not not being able to afraid, uh, being afraid to ask somebody because our our daughter lives in in the same city we live in. Uh, one of our daughters, our oldest one, lives in South Carolina. We live in Ohio, so it's uh, she she's local. So my wife and I made a impulsive decision last week. We're going to fly to Vegas. We've been doing this journey. 75 hard. I don't know if you've heard about it. 75 day journey. Look it up. If you haven't checked it out, it's really badass. But, um, but we just decided to treat ourselves on a, on a whim on Thursday, we decided we were flying to Vegas on Friday. Oh, wow. So our kids are grown and gone. We got animals though. So reached out to our youngest daughter and said, Hey, what do you got going on this weekend? Nothing. Okay, cool. You're going to come over to the house and watch the animals. <laughs> he was like all right okay whatever because yeah. because we reciprocate you know and there, there's there is that option to reciprocate later on you know down the down the way but but you you touched on your uh your podcast what's you got a cool name to your podcast what is that so my podcast is called the nerd ball podcast um it's me and i just bring on other people much like we're doing now uh, sometimes it's it's one-on-one sometimes it's a couple people um, during the, this year, during the football season, that season, I've been bringing on football players, which they really get a kick out of being on. Uh, and I do it for two things or for several reasons. One, um, it gives them a chance to like have an adult conversation that they maybe not, can't always have. Um, no, none of those kids, you know, kids, teenagers don't want to talk to their parents, you know, so, so it gives us to have a conversation. Uh, it gives me, uh, practice talking to people who may not be very good at having conversations. And as a, as an interviewer, um, it, it makes me work harder to get questions to get answers out of them. And, and sometimes I have questions and it's a yes or no answer. And I'm trying to, cause they're not 17 yeah. years old and I'm trying to, right. to get, get an answer out. But, uh, that's your, that's your worst guest. I've had, I've had those yes. in the past. It's like, Come on, man. I need more dialogue. Let's go. You got to say something more. This thing's going to last like eight minutes. Let's yeah, go. It, and it's expected to be, it, it's expected from somebody in high school. You know, that's just how they are. They're, they're not used I'm talking to about it. adults. Oh, sure. I know that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. I understand that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so it's, it's, it's really fun. It, it, it started with me and my friend. Uh, unfortunately he couldn't do it anymore. And, and I could, I decided I, I, I really love podcasting. I've been listening to podcasts for a long time. Uh, my brother-in-law helped me get equipment to to get this thing started, and we uh, I got to move around every once in a while. I'm in my garage right now, and that's that's where I record sometimes. Sometimes in my in my basement, depending on what my daughter wants to do. We got gymnastic equipment and gymnastics equipment in the basement, so if she wants to be flipping and stuff in the morning, I gotta move my studio outside garage. So, uh, but it's fun. It, it's it's one of my favorite things to do. That's why I try to make time for it, you know, because I think it's I think it's important. Um, people get a lot out of it. Some of the guests I've had, I've had our superintendent of Perrysburg schools, I've had our coaches area that I've had high school kids, some not even athletes. I'm just in that I know through through you know, I might have coached them in junior high, but now they're in the band and doing other stuff in high school. So I have a pretty good mix of people that I bring on. That's really cool too, and and you bring up a great point because 
you know, one, one of my goals every day is to um, add value to somebody's one, just one person's life, you know, and, and by podcasting in, in, I think the podcast platform is really taken off, especially during COVID because a lot of people are looking for something to do, something to listen for something that's out of the ordinary. Yeah. We can turn the radio on, listen to music. You can watch a television show or whatever, but um, podcasts, give different wrinkles in different genres and you can you can tune in and tune out and come back and uh but but i think that uh we can touch people's lives just through our conversation um if if we can shift somebody's mentality a little bit to a positive Mm -hmm. then it's a win in my opinion um and and that's that's one of the things i love about doing the podcast as well is and i don't know if meredith told you Meredith, our producer, my producer, by the way, and is a friend. You guys used to work together, but we'll get to that in a second. But um, she she was in my office. This was back in, uh, shoot, it was in late January of 2020. And I've got a vision board in my office. And on my vision board, it says, uh, become a celebrity. And she's like, I know how I'm going to make you a celebrity. And I was like, <laughs> I was like how is that? She's like, we're going to start doing a podcast. And I'm like, I don't know shit about doing a podcast. I don't know anything about a podcast. What? Okay. I'm like, all right. Because up on my vision board is also says, say yes to everything. So I'm like, okay, I guess we'll do a podcast. And uh, the evolution of the podcast has been so cool because I think we're like-minded in that I, I want to master whatever I do and be the best at whatever I do. So it, it's like, all right, started doing this podcast, muddling through it. Her and I were just talking. And then I'm like, I got to figure this thing out. And that's how I, my mind works. And I'm like, how do, how do we do this? And so we started out and I'm like, okay, you got bookends on your podcast. You got the beginning, the intro and the conclusion, just like, and then the intro music and just like ESPN, if you heard da 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 da, you know, that's ESPN. Yeah. So if you hear certain music, then you're like, okay, that's the Jerry Gherkin show or, you know, the nerd, what is it called? The Nerdball Podcast. The Nerdball Podcast. So I, I love that name, by the way. I, I think I said that already, but anyway, I'll say it again. <laughs> but uh, no, I and so that, again, the reason why I'm even saying all this and going on is is, is the evolution. And if, if you want to be, and I think that life is becoming a master and, and striving toward mastery in the things that you do, mm-hmm. because if, if you're not trying to strive to be better then you're just waffling and that's my opinion but i I'm, I'm just that's the way my mind works i want to master whatever i do and so i studied and then we had a guest that was a best-selling author uh john g miller out of out, i think out west somewhere but he's written a number of books and he actually sent me a list of questions he wanted me to ask him yeah which was bizarre to me because i'm like but, but it was cool because it was, and, and I'm open to learning. I'm a lifetime learner. That's one of my, my core values. And so I'm like, this dude just sent me all of his questions. He wants me to ask him, but he's like, I've been interviewed by thousands, thousands of interviews. So I'm like, okay, I'll roll with it. So that got me thinking, okay, how can I make the podcast better? Because as you stated earlier, you have these, these short answers and it's like there's all this dead space in the air and how do you how do you combat that well 
you send a list of questions that are possibly going to be asked so that the guest kind of has an idea about what how the, the conversation is going to go. The content takes care of itself and it ebbs and flows and goes different directions like it is right now. But uh, it, it's been really a cool evolution. And then the end is, is the same every time. And you're going to be surprised with some questions at the end. But anyway, that'll be fun. But well, I, like I, I like the spontaneity. I don't, I don't want it to be the same thing all the time because it's ne it never is. But the spontaneity is for the guest. I still like a little bit of hmm, wonder. Oh, that's a good question. Hey, I didn't, I didn't see that one coming. I, I do like um, the and, and I think that's what I like about interviewing people is I have questions in my head that I want to ask or things I want to get to. And also trying to get questions from asking. And, and I remember, I forget who it was. I think it was Bill Simmons. Um, he, he owns the Ringer Network. He was on ESPN. But he said after a while, when he would interview people, he stopped writing questions down because he wasn't really listening to what they were saying. He was just ready to ask another question. Sure. One, one thing I'm trying to do is, is I know where I want this conversation to go. And we're going to get from A to B, but it might be a zigzag not a straight line because I know where it wants to go, but here's, they're giving me some more information and I want to go down this road a little bit and see what happens. Yeah. That's kind of what I meant when I said the content takes care of itself, because um, we have a list of questions that we emailed to you and, and I have them in front of me, but um, I, I don't think I've asked, but maybe one of them, maybe a half of another one, but, but it's, it's cool to have some type of an outline and uh, it, it keeps, it keeps the conversation going because Anyway, I'm not going to go down that one anymore, but let's talk about Meredith for a second, because um, you and Meredith worked together uh, years ago and um, in, in the auto industry and I'm, and I'm a car guy and uh, you worked in the automotive industry and, and you were, uh, according to Meredith, you were pretty, pretty, have a pretty cool skill set. Do you still do anything with that? No, I, I was a, a car detailer for the body shop and uh, I really enjoyed it. It was, it was a fun job. It was my first job where I got a 401k. Um, I think I was, I was probably around 20, uh, maybe, yeah, something like that. And so I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, it was fun. There was time, there was downtime for me to clean my own car. So I, you know, I would clean my own car quite a bit. I, it looked really nice, but, but it was fun. I really enjoyed it. And even, even years after I left it, I think Meredith sent me a message one time. She goes, Hey, you still detailing cars? We're looking for people over here. I was like, no, I'm not doing that anymore. But, uh, it was something actually uh, i had a good boss there his name was al um i left i left twice and i got rehired three times um and after i was after i left the third time he's like hey you, you have a policy you can't come back after this but but we had such a good relationship where i i would leave to go do this do another job somewhere else but i still wanted a part-time job so he hired me to do a work a couple hours a day doing this and that but but the, the reason I left is because I, I, I went to college right after high school and I just wasn't ready. And I didn't know I wasn't ready. And unfortunately, it cost me $10,000 to realize I wasn't ready. Um, I just didn't go to class. I wasn't a partier. I didn't stay out late. I was just, I, I understand now that I was just lazy and didn't go to class. And I just was not prepared for college. It just, everyone did it. So I, I guess I was supposed to do it. Um, I got a job at, at, at the car dealership and, uh, 
and was there for a while and I decided I needed to go back to school. My wife helped me figure out something I wanted to do. And my boss, again, was really good. He let me change my hours because he knew I wanted, I was going to school. And I said, I got to work different hours. Some days I'm not going to be here. And he said, hey, man, whatever you got to do. And knowing at the end I was that the school was going to lead me to not work there anymore. So I I, uh, I ultimately left and, and got my degree in landscape and turf grass management. But that translates as well. I mean, if, if you're a detail person, which it sounds like you are, if you were a really good detailer, then you're a detail-oriented person. So you're going to have that, that, that detail is going to travel with you wherever you go and whatever you're going to do. And then uh, you're very well-spoken. And being a, being a speaker and, and not being afraid to speak in public, I think a lot of people have a phobia about that. You know, they're, they're, they have this fear. And like, I was a five-star thespian, um, which means that I was in a bunch of musicals and I sang and I danced and I was an athlete too. But um, one of the things that our, our uh, coach would tell us who ever had maybe this fear of speaking in public was to imagine that your audience is naked. <laughs> and then that'll kind of alleviate some of that fear. So what's, what's uh, some advice you would give somebody that's maybe listening that, uh, maybe wants to be out and wants to has a message, has a story they want to share, but they just have this fear to, to speak. Uh, I, I tell you what, to me, uh, and, and it may not be, maybe you might feel different or somebody else might feel different. I'm always nervous to speak, no matter what uh, I'm nervous. What makes me less nervous is, is knowing what I'm going to talk about. If it's, uh, a pregame speech to a team, if it's doing stand-up comedy, if it's giving a speech at our banquet at the end of the year, if I know what I'm going to talk about, yes, I'm nervous when I go up there. But as soon as I start speaking into a microphone or speaking in front of people, it goes away because I got to concentrate on what I'm saying. Um, I, for me, it was easiest to write everything down. Um, and sometimes you don't have that ability if it's a spontaneous thing. Um, but I think just just doing it more helps you get over that. I, I used to be, I was really shy. I, I, in high school, I didn't, I never talked to girls. I didn't, I didn't like taking cl uh, classes where I had to speak in front of the my peers. I, I, I didn't like any of that. And then as I think what got it was coaching, coaching changed it because I had to, I had to be a leader. I had to do all that stuff because the kids looked up, looked at me for that, for that source. So I was forced into it and I realized I, I like doing this. I like talking to people. I like, being in front of people and and it is scary and it's always scary. You know, I I like I said, I can go up in front. I know I'm going up in front of somebody next week and it I'm terrified. I just did I just uh officiated my first wedding that a friend asked me to do a few weeks ago and I was terrified that I was gonna mess something up, you know. And it, <laughs> but I knew what I was writing and or I knew what I was saying because I had written it, I practiced it. And and I think that's when people especially with about stand-up comedy when people ask me like, hey, don't you pray and don't you, you know, how do you come up with stuff you want to say? I write everything down and then you just go up there and say it. And it might not work out one time and one time it might. And it just, you just got to keep doing it and keep practicing. Yeah, I do a lot of speaking and, and like you referenced this earlier and it made a lot of sense to me. And I don't know um, for the listeners out there that maybe maybe have, have been a speaker, but um, Usually when I do these podcasts, and, and I don't think it has to do with the, the questions already pre, predetermined, but I'm so engaged in listening because that's a skill set that you have to train because so many times people are um, listening with the intent to respond, so they're not attending to what people are saying. But I'm, I'm so focused on what the 
conversation is in these podcasts, I forget. And I have to re-listen to my own podcast to, to re reintroduce myself to the dialogue because it, it's so cool meeting all these different people. This is our 71st first episode. And it, and it's like all these, all this information that I've been given and blessed with by all these different people that I've been able to interview. Um, they have, they all have different stories. They all have different walks of life. They all have different neat um, success stories. And, and I, and I love it. And when I'm in the middle of it though, I'm so enthralled and so engaged in the conversation that I just get lost in my thoughts. And so then I, then I have to revisit them to be able to do that. And so it, it, it really resonated with me when you were talking about that, but let's talk about the stand-up comedy for a sec, because I mean, like I said, in the, in the intro that I'm, I'm self-proclaimed king of dad jokes. I even have a mug in my office that says king of dad jokes. My daughter got that for me, but anyway, so let's talk about how do you, how do you come up with your material? So I, uh, I, a lot of it, since I started after I had kids, a lot of it was parent-based, kid-based. A lot of the open mics I would go to are just the other open mic comedians who are 20, 20s, you know, maybe. So, so that never really hit anybody. But for me, I use those open mics to get this material out and get it recorded so I can hear myself say it. Um, but, but that's what a lot of it is. It's, uh, I talk a lot about my family. Um, and then, and I know when I have certain crowds, when I look in the crowds and it's, and it's older parent age people that it's going to go over well because of what I talk about. Uh, just finding, finding your audience in anything is important. And then you can, you can hone in on that and, and try to keep them and they'll, they'll help bring along. But I really enjoy talking about my kids. I, I'll, uh, I'm waiting for my, when my kids get older and they find my a couple of my videos on YouTube that I tried to hide. Um, and, uh, <laughs> see what they uh, see what they have to say about it. So, yeah, that, that's cool. Yeah, there's there's an acronym I can't. It's it's tasty, but I, I it's like something along the lines of what you're just talking about. Um, somebody else gave it to me. I, I have it written down in my book, but I don't I don't remember exactly. But it's basically you're you're educating your audience, and you got to know your audience, and then you got to teach your audience. Yeah. So when you, when you see that audience out there, then you're like, all right, okay, this is the direction I'm going to go with this because of basically the, the, the masses are going to, and then you got to own the audience. Mm-hmm. What do you, how do you, this is kind of a, a curveball, but how do you handle, uh, and maybe you don't have any because you look like a big guy on screen. So maybe you're a big guy, but, but how do you handle hecklers? Uh, it doesn't happen as often as it seems. I think people see videos online quite a bit because that's that's what they people like to see that kind of stuff. Um, that for the most part, the stuff that I that I talk about isn't um, doesn't doesn't lend to that kind of stuff. If anything, someone will just. I think I think my wife has done it a couple of times. You know, she'll say something like, "I'll talk about my kids not being very very." Very, I think I call them dumb in one of my jokes or something, and and so she'll say like, "No, they're very smart," you know, and and stuff like that. So I, I enjoy when people say something because then it gets, gets lets me work on that that quick thinking on my feet thing where I can see if I can come back with something, you know. And a lot of times, like I said, it's it's meant 
as friendly and that I don't, and I'm not too um, divisive in the stuff I say. So it's not, it's not too bad. Yeah, I, I'm, I mean, I, I'm the same way when it comes to uh, when I when I speak to people in, in groups, I'm, I like the I like the dialogue. I like the interaction that, you know, I like them to comment because I have so many things I want to say, but I have I try to stick to certain stuff. But then when they they take me a different direction that I have all this other pocket of information that I can utilize and I can I can share that with them. So I like the open dialogue and I don't I don't necessarily like people that are sleeping in the back of the room or, or fiddling on their phone or stuff like that. So then I, I pay attention. I was in the Marine Corps, right? So you got a hundred guys standing in the position of attention and, and you got one guy that's got his eyes rolling somewhere else. And then you pick up on that. So like when I was coaching, you probably can appreciate this when you're teaching and you got all these kids standing there, you know, which ones are paying attention, which ones maybe more directly that aren't paying attention because you see them and you see their, their body language and you see the fact that, so then you kind of single them out and maybe direct what you're talking about toward them just to get them back in. And that's the other thing about public speaking. Um, if somebody out there is, is wanting to go through and, and do some public speaking to have some, some story or some, some sense of humor uh, periodically in what you're talking about and the message you're trying to get to share because people start to drift in their mind because what's the average human attention span like nine seconds you know I, and then that's a that's a good point because i think no matter what you're talking about um i think i think humor really really picks it up you know i i i uh, my brother passed away a little over a year ago and i had to speak at his, at his funeral and and obviously it's a solemn thing and, I, and the way i'm talking about it and everything but then just to add so the little things he did or, or a joke or something like it, it really lifts people up, especially in, in that case, but it could be, it could be anywhere. It could be on the football field. It could be, we, I, I use it watching film because sometimes kids just, you know, it's the same stuff over and over. And then, you know, I'll, I'll crack a joke or, or say, Hey, look at this guy. What is, you know, what, what is so-and-so doing over here? You know, and, and it, it lets everyone, you know, kind of, kind of wake up a little bit and then sometimes actually wake up, you know? So it's, it, uh, it, it, the humor part of, of, of life is, is just good to have in general. Yeah. My, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to be a little transparent, hundred percent transparent here. When I was a sophomore in high school, we were playing Genoa in a scrimmage and I was a tight end and we called a play. It was a drag pattern. And I got behind the DBs who bit on the run and I was 15 yards behind everybody and the quarterback lofted the ball off to me and I had about 35 yards to go and I got caught from behind mm. and when we watched that in the film room one of the seniors dubbed me with the nickname of my first name's Jerry wheelchair Jer no <laughs> <laughs> so it's like all right okay I was a slow guy but I could hit like a mf -er, but I was a slow guy <laughs> But yeah, I mean, it, it, and I still think about that, and that's been over thirty-five years ago. That yeah, I, I, all those, all those, fear. all those little little things, you know, it, if it can stick in your mind, then it, it's somewhat important, or at least it was it was great at that time. And you can really about it. Yeah, yeah. All right, dude, I'm gonna wrap up here a little bit. Tell me about your family. 
So I got a, like I said, I have a 10 year old boy and a seven year old girl. Uh, they're both super involved in stuff. My wife and I have been married for 13 years. Um, I always, I always think it's funny. We, we got married pretty young, according to our age. I was 23. She was 22. And, uh, we had our, our first, we had our second child by the time everybody was having their first child, all our friends and stuff. So I, uh, I like, I, I, I always wanted to have kids and I wanted a, a big family. I wanted four kids and my wife had our girl, uh, our daughter. I knew that we weren't having any more and it's not really up to me at that point. So, that right? yeah. So, um, but, uh, but I, I love the kid, you know, the family we have. And like I said, both our parents live here, uh, in, in, in Perrysburg and it's, it's, it's great to have them around. And my, actually my grandma, my kid's great grandma lives with my parents still. So it's cool to get to see her all the time and my kids get to see her and just another interaction that people don't normally get. So it's, right. it's, it's fun. And I, and I love being busy, I, you know, doing the stuff I do and then also going to gymnastics practice or going to baton twirling or flag football or baseball or softball in the summer, you know, all that stuff is, is important to me. And I'm glad uh, they're all hanging around here yeah for sure so so uh, what's the best piece of advice you ever received um i think i think i i got my got it from my dad my dad coached my baseball team for about seven years um when i was a little kid all the way to 14 um and one thing he 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 never played sports he was a migrant worker he never played sports um, but he knew we needed a coach and he coached. And, and one thing he, he always told me as I got older, I didn't realize it then, but as I got older, he said, I didn't know a lot about baseball. Um, and I would ask you guys for, for, you know, your opinions on what's happening or what we should do. Um, and for me, I really like that because, um, if I don't know the answer to something, not just in, in, in coaching football or track or even at work, I'm a supervisor. So if I don't know the answer to something, I let that person know like, Hey, I don't know the answer, but I'm going to find out for you. And my dad started with my dad. He told me like, I don't know a lot about baseball, but I'm going to figure this out and you guys are going to help. And I think it having that mindset of not, uh, you don't have to know everything and, and you can get the answers to those people asking the questions. They can also help you. It kind of brings everybody together. Oh man, that's good stuff. You know, I think a lot of people can appreciate that because I, I think pride, especially as a man, pride gets in the way because we we think that we have to take control and we have to be the leader and everything. But but there there's a lot of people that have walked ahead of us, especially people that are older. You know, and and then now even people that are younger um, that that we can we can learn from. And I'm a lifetime learner and, and, and I'm, and I'm okay, especially with this technology stuff, man. I'm, I'm like, man, I, I don't know anything about this, this Apple iPhone that I just got. And I got to have these millennials help me with this stuff, but I'm not so prideful that I'm not going to say, Hey, cause I got to use this thing. So you, you got to help me. And <laughs> usually people, people are willing to help you if you ask for it. You know, I have in my, on my vision board, you have not because you asked not it's, it's biblical. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you have not because you ask not. So you got to ask and people will help, you know, and, and but a lot of times it's like it's like the story about the like man, the woman, the husband and wife that are driving around and they're lost. And the guy is too prideful to stop and ask for directions. So he'd rather drive around for 45 minutes and 
be lost instead of pulling over and asking a local, hey, where do I, how do I get to Maple Street? You know, and just ask somebody, you know, mm-hmm. so that that's that's super great, great advice. Yeah, yeah, it's, um, it's something I, I try to even tell the players or my, or my guys at work, like, hey, I'm not perfect, you're not perfect, but we'll figure this out together. Great, 100%. All right, man, so how do you want to be remembered? Uh, I, I really enjoy community I live in and I love I volunteer for certain parts, certain certain things. I was on a board for our, our Pittsburgh um baseball and softball committee. Uh I volunteer. I mentor kids uh in the different school buildings. I just want to remember as a as a community person, uh, a family person, um someone that can be counted on. I think that's important. I I enjoy someone calling me and saying, hey, I need I need a favor. Or can you help me out? Um, this this thing happened. Or I just, you just need something right now. Um, so I just I just want to be a a member as like a good person, a community person, and just a just a go to guy. Awesome. Well, hey, I really appreciate you taking the time <clears throat> and uh, get back to your family. Enjoy the rest of the evening. Uh, and and um, enjoy the season, and I look forward to uh, maybe maybe hanging out with you some more, maybe on your podcast. I'm not a nerd so much, but I I, I could probably wear my hat a little different, wear some different glasses if it's videoed, and and I could slide into that role. Yeah, yeah, that'd, that'd be great. Yeah, I appreciate it. This is this is actually besides my own. This is the the first podcast I've been on, so I was pretty excited to be on the other end of it. So yeah. Cool. Well, we got a lot of listeners. So, so how do people get a hold of you, and how do they check out your podcast? So, the the Nerdball podcast is available on pretty much everything. Um, iTunes. Uh, I use Stitcher, but it's on a, a lot of a lot of platforms wherever you find find it. Uh, I'm on social media on Facebook, Twitter uh, is the Nerdball Pod, Instagram's the Nerdball Podcast. I got a Gmail, the Nerdball Podcast at gmail.com. So, if if uh, anybody's interested, you know, listen, comment. I'm always looking for for um, guests too. So if anybody has a has, hey, I'm I'm I, w- I would like to be on, or I know the the football players are always like, hey, coach, coach, can I be on? I want to be on. So <laughs> so so I'm always looking for people because I'm I'm just like we talked about earlier, just willing to talk to anyone and find out more information. So cool. All right, man. Well, I appreciate the time and we're going to wrap up. Hey, guys, remember yesterday's history. Tomorrow's a mystery. Today is a gift. That's why we call it the present. Make a good one.